This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First Row Collectibles, Fear to nerd culture, fear to sports memorabilia, fear to wrestling memorabilia. Please visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20 to receive 20% off. They got a ton of stuff from the wrestling world, from all the major sporting leagues, old comic books, new comic books. You name it, they got it. Best thing is they ship worldwide even better. They update daily. So please visit them at firstrow.ca. If you're into video games and books, please visit bossfightbooks.com for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like NBA Jam, Parappa the Rappa, Final Fantasy VI, and so many others. Everything you see on their website is available in paperback and ebook format. So please check them out at bossfightbooks.com. And if you want to support me directly, you can visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device. It's embedded right there in the description. Click on that link. Takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts, travel mugs, phone cases, anything you need or want, it is there. But the best thing, the freest thing, the easiest thing to do to support the show is rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. Most specifically, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week, I'm joined by the multi-billboard charting hip-hop artist whose newest album, Buddy's Magic Toy Box, is currently available wherever you get your music. He's also been featured in a ton of video games and seen on TV a handful of times. Returning guest, the one, the only, Megaran. Yo, what's up? It's a great intro. Appreciate that. No, not a problem. You have a lot of accolades under your belt, my friend. And uh, I would say a ton of them came just this year alone, no? Yeah, this year's been a pretty big year, man, for sure. Like, looking back, I was like, wow, all that happened this year. It's pretty, pretty crazy to think about it. It's been... You know, you just keep your head down, and you grind, you keep working, and then you look up and like, oh man, things are things are kind of working out. So, yeah, that's 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 been this year for sure. Was this on your dream board? Like I didn't stop around really. Well, and now, yeah, no kidding, right? But was no, this on no, your, no, it wasn't on your entire, dream board. You didn't think you'd get like no. to do all this? I can't even. <laughs> yeah, I can't even. I can't even lie and say, oh yeah, I, I dreamed this was going to happen. You never I, know. No, I didn't think any of this stuff was possible. Like getting in video games and putting out a children's album, right. being, you know, a, a 
you know, doing all these cool things. Like I would not know. I didn't think it was possible. So I've, I've of course dreamed big, sure. but I thought I was dreaming big, but reality has been bigger and wilder than any dream for me. No, that's awesome to hear. And I mentioned right off the top, your billboard charter and your current album, Buddy's Magic Toy Box reached number two on the billboard kids album chart. Congrats, my friend. How was that? Thank you. That's pretty incredible. Right? To think like the number number one was was uh, Enter the Spider Verse or one of the, the Spider Verse. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, yo, like what? That's First of all, crazy. I didn't even know that was a children's album, but okay. Sure. Um, <laughs> but that that really surprised me. Like something that is that big in, in pop culture, and then me being like right behind that is pretty wild, man. Like I I, I don't even know how to to take that kind of news because like I consider what we do to be so kind of small and niche and like you know like there's a few people who really love it and the rest of the world just doesn't know and uh and then you see cool stuff like that happen you're like oh man like maybe the maybe people are waking up you know no it's so true and you've also racked up a ton of awards already and nominations for this album too like again you know like you have a campaign to be uh nominated to for for the grammys and all that how's that going down Oh, it's crazy. They they announced they made the announcement on the tenth of okay. this month. So it's been hard to sleep, you know, just thinking <laughs> about what could what could happen, you know. But even you know, no, honestly, no matter what happens, as corny as it sounds, like right. we're already I'm already a winner, man. Like my life, my, my my life has been so blessed. Like being able to put this album out, I've been able to reach children in, in new places, and you know, and being a good dad, and my kid loves it. Like that's those go. are important things to me. So I don't even, I don't mind anything else beyond this. I feel like it's already a win. No, that's so awesome to hear too. And was your son a huge influence towards this album? Oh man, huge, huge. Like this kid definitely inspired it because (laughs) we spent a lot of time listening to kids music. Oh, um, okay. You know, and I was just like, you know, some of this stuff's good. Some of this stuff could be better. Some of this stuff could, could maybe combine like, the entertainment with some education. Sure. So I was like, maybe I can do that. And uh, I sat and brainstormed for like a month where I didn't write anything. I just wrote ideas down. Right. And I was like, what would I make say 10 songs about if I was writing a kid's album? Mm. And, um, and then it was through that process that I really started to come up with the concepts for this album. But man, I really didn't think I could do it. I was like, really? Not that I'm like some super adult gangster rapper. Sure. It's just that I've never written music directly with kids in mind. You know? Ah, good point. So it's so written it's in the point of view so they listen, not in your point of view talking to kids, I guess, right? Yeah, so it's like, it's more so a little bit of both. You know, I'm writing for so kids can listen, but from an adult, but also okay. going back to myself as a kid and what I would want and what I would want to hear and what ah. I would listen to. So it's a tough spot to get your mind into. So it has not been easy at all, but... <laughs> Man, I'm just so proud of it. You know, that that month of like just deep, deep kind of soul searching, listening to a bunch of children's music, experiencing life as a father. And uh, that really inspired the record. And um, yeah, I don't I didn't think it'd come together. Like I completely doubted myself. I was like, I don't think I can do this. Like oh. it's, you know, like as a rapper, your, your, your whole concern is like trying to come up with the most you know, out of this world, outlandish punchlines, quotes. That's true. Like topics, things that no one's ever said before is what you're trying to do as a, as a rapper. Right. But as a kid's artist, you're trying to basically take those things that kids are going through and then break them down 
where they can be understood. So, um, so yeah, it's a different mentality because I'm not trying to come up with the best layers, metaphors, punchlines, similes. It's trying to get the job done. So I was, I had to set a whole different like rubric, a whole bar different mm. for what makes a good song. Okay. So now for me, it's if the song makes me smile, <laughs> it's, it's a win. You okay. know, like if it's good, if it makes me smile or laugh, then it's a win. And uh, that was my mentality going into this album. Was there actually one pinpoint where you're like, this is the hardest thing about this album, and if I could just get over this hump, it's going to be perfect? I think um, I got stuck a lot on different parts of this, um, these songs because I was writing them like like I would write an essay. Where you oh. have like a beginning, a middle, and an end. Sure. So I have a song about bullying, and that was one that particularly mm. I had a tough time with. I was on a stream while I was doing it because I was talking to the audience about like, how should this story be resolved? Uh, and bullying is a tough thing to resolve because it's like, you know, you could say, oh, man, if you're getting bullied, then ignore them. You know, and it's like, sure. eh, that might work. <laughs> but if you're getting punched in the head every day, you can't ignore them. Right. So, you know, it doesn't apply to everything. So coming up with a really constructive way to, to combat bullying was, was a huge challenge for me. Like I, I got stuck like on the third verse. Because wow. I was like, well, what's the resolution? You know? And so you want to also, especially with bullying, you want to get yourself out of the situation so you can be safe. Of course. But you also can take the time to understand that bully and maybe figure out what's what's going on with them, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but again, hard to do when you get punched in the head. So you got to be, you got to be thinking of different possibilities. So so some stories may go A to B, and when the other stories are going A, B, C, D, and then back around, oh, you know. Okay. So this was one of those where I had to kind of change directions in the story and um, and try to be understanding of a bully, and, you know, because there is no one be-all, end-all solution True. to how to deal with bullying. Uh, and with a lot of things with growing up, they're not clear-cut issues that kids, you know, can fix. So... Um, so yeah, just giving it that kind of thought, you know, was was interesting for me. Like I didn't think it was going to be that tough, but it turned out to be a situation where, um, you know, once it came together, I was like, oh, I love this song a lot. But it was like through that pain, you know, the the difficulty of writing, it made it work out really well. Yeah, and it was one of my favorite songs on on this album. Like I'm going to touch on a few of them because there's like three or four that I, I really loved. And again, it's the meaning behind it where. Everyone could relate to this, and especially kids nowadays being bullied in any which way or form. Like, even adults get bullied at work or wherever. Like, going to the grocery store, you get bullied out of getting out of line. Or like, you know what I mean? It happens to all of us. So, like, it's a good yeah. thing, like, to have on an album, like, not to shy away about sort of the bad things in life. Because I think I saw something today, actually, on social media somewhere where they're not even teaching kids anymore about, like, bad and evil because they just don't want that even brought up at all. So it's like everything is roses and smells good and is just good all the time. And it's like, how can you teach a kid that and then eventually send them to high school, then eventually into the real world? Like, I don't know. I'm not a parent, so I, I can't relate to any of this. How do you feel with stuff like that? Um, yeah, same. I feel the same. I feel like it's, um, you know, that's not the world we grow up in. But that right? but they're leaving it up to the parents, which I think is, is fair. Uh, okay. you know, like- that's a good point. Leave it, yeah, leave it to the parents. Like, parents are supposed to explain the, the tough stuff, you know. Maybe all that stuff, maybe school isn't the best place for all of those things, you know. So I can actually agree with that, you know, in a way. It's like, you. but if you're 
can get that at home, you're just not going to get it at all. But I think it's important to to give leave some of the the, the big heavy stuff for the for for home. Yeah, no, totally. Exactly for sure. No, well put. And again, going back to the album, like as much as this is, is a fantastic album, and like you said, you went out of your comfort zone. Was there still critics giving you hard times about it? About the album? Yeah, just be like, oh, stay in your lane, Mega Ran. You don't know what you're doing. Like, what's going on here? Like, just because it um, wasn't your like natural like flow or your natural stuff that you put out there. Uh, no, I'm sure oh, there good. are people who thought that, but but you know, I'm sure there were, but I didn't see it. You know, luckily I was protected or shielded from that stuff. But yeah, it's it's very possible that there are people who think that like, oh, you got to do stay in your lane, do the thing that you know what to do. You know, I've been I've been told that so many times before, so it's it's never going to work for me. Like they always say, stay in your lane. Like I don't know how to stay in my lane. Like what is my lane? At the end of the day, That's like point, I have yeah. no idea what it even is. <laughs> well, it's true, and and even nowadays too, they want everyone to be proficient in everything, so you could be literally your own like company where you don't need other people to rely on. But then when you start doing stuff like that, it's like, oh no, 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 don't do that. Like when people see you DJing, it's like, oh no, he should just be rapping. Or when they see you rapping, oh, he should just be a DJ. Like you know what I mean? Like I just hate that sort of oh, mentality, yeah. right? Yeah, it's really annoying. Like people want you to, they absolutely want you to stay in one thing, like so that you can be understood or recognized as that thing and not many things but that's like the worst thing you can do to an artist or creative Mm. is to tell them they can only do one thing because we all have different things we want to do and you know it's it's crazy to think like you can't do more than one thing like maybe maybe there is something to that like jack of all trades master of none so like if you try too many things yes there's a chance that you could not be great at all those things but if you don't ever try them, then you'll never know, you know. No, good point, too. Okay, so what, is there going to be more future children's albums coming out by Mega Ran? I don't know. You know, it's oh, hard to say because okay. when, when I finished this, it's uh, you know, when I finished it, I was like, oh, my God, I didn't think I could ever get this done. Okay, you know? fair. So then when it happened, I was like, all right, maybe I could do this again. So it's weird, you know, like I think I could do it again, but I don't know because <laughs> I, I know how hard it was. But I want to believe that, of course, I can do it. But there are a few more topics that I didn't get to touch okay. that I just might with the future release. So, so yeah, it's very possible that there could be more children's stuff coming from me. So there was nothing left out? You didn't cut any tracks out that you didn't want on this album for future release? I didn't cut... No, I didn't cut any tracks okay. out, but there are some topics that maybe I didn't fully flesh out and write songs about sure. because I maybe didn't have enough information or time to come up with those things so yeah there's been there's a few things that i was like hmm i should have did a song about reading like there's oh. no song on there about how cool reading is or okay. whatever yeah, yeah and so i want to do that so i'm probably going to do you know things like that where like reading's important to me so you know there are things that i want to say still so there could be another project <laughs> Yeah, but you just mentioned it too. You talk about a lot of stuff, like from counting to eating fruit, like everything else that I'm, we've mentioned before too. And it is a good learning tool. And especially if it's catchy, because obviously stuff that comes up, if people don't know, please go check out all his backlog. But all your tunes are catchy. Just like how you said, it puts a smile. Like to me, a lot of your tracks just always put a smile on me. And I know when it's a Mega Rand track. Like, you know what I mean? If that makes sense. Oh, that's cool. I appreciate that. Like, well, you listen to if you listen to a lot of my stuff, then yeah, you'll know there's 
there's Mega Ran vibes. You right. Know, I try to keep it positive. There are some 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 Mega Ran like signatures, I guess you could say. You know, for sure. Like I'm very proud of that. That there are some things you can know to expect from me. You know, but also you don't know the topic. You don't know the range or where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. So being able to make you know children's music, it isn't really a stretch for me because I've been making clean music for a long time. Mm-hmm. I made music about video games. I made music about comic books, okay. anime, wrestling, like anything. So <laughs> when if the next album I decide to I don't know make music about mm-hmm. I don't know science, like oh. it wouldn't even be that surprising. There you, you know. Go. Yeah, exactly. Why not? Why not? Okay, let's go touch on a few of the tracks that I enjoyed personally, just to pick your brain and see what's going on here. Obviously, I got to start off with track one. Count me in again. As a borderline, I guess, I'm an, I'm a I'm a younger Gen X, older millennial. I guess I'm on that threshold, right? So I grew up on Sesame Street and all that stuff. Obviously, the inspiration, love that track, the video, everything about it. What was your thought by putting this in the album, and especially starting it off? Oh man, well I knew that I wanted the album to kind of grow up as it went through. Oh, so okay. you know, if you're doing something for younger kids, early stuff is like counting, you know, so. Young kids counting. I was like, all right, how can I make counting fun and cool? And um, and there's an old Sesame Street counting song with the pinballs. I don't know if you yep. remember this. Of course. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And it's so catchy it that um, I wanted to do my version of that. So that's really what I had in mind was like, how can I do something that's counting, something that's kind of funky, catchy, and then I can add some rhymes into it and have a really good time with it. And um, my boy D and three sent me that beat, and the beat was like perfect for it. And um, so yeah, I wanted to have something where we would have kids' voices getting involved and kids right? counting exactly. And you know, and my kid is two, so like that's <laughs> something that he could he could grab onto. You know, so as I said, the album will then grow up with you. Like, all right, if you start with two three year olds, then they can go up to four five six year olds, and by the end, you know, get to maybe ten or eleven twelve year olds. You know. No, for sure. And another one, big and scary, because this is important, especially for kids who are don't fit in, like how you always say the box and are bigger or smaller. It doesn't it could go either way, right? And yeah. it, I, I just love the message behind this where you shouldn't be afraid of the unknown or afraid of something that's different. That's perfect. What a perfect message. Thank you, thank you. And that one that was good. Like I was thinking in terms of you know, like a dinosaur. Like all right, oh, okay. <laughs> You know, imagine a dinosaur, because <laughs> my kid loves dinosaurs. Okay. So imagining a dinosaur being, you know, on the playground and right. trying to play things. And you're like, oh, God, he's destroying everything. The kid's going to run. And that's how kids feel. Like me, I was, a, I was a chubby kid growing up my whole life, you know, being like the fat kid. And, you know, mm-hmm. you get teased and you get, you know, kind of laughed at and messed around with. And it's mm-hmm. not a fun feeling. So of course. I think, you know, so I wanted to try to explain that in a way where it's like, hey, I'm not scary you know like i might just be big but you know i can't control my size but but i'm telling you that i'm a nice person and I'm, i want to i want to make friends you know and so I, and that goes to anybody who looks different in any way you exactly. know where it's like when people look different they always put it on like you know people get scared you know so i wanted people to not to know like and and there's there's different layers to it too like being african-american people find uh, scary being you know so there's so many layers sure and um you know i was really really excited to be able to put that uh, to, together that actually the chorus came from a um uh mm. there's an old project out that um 
Prince Paul made, and Prince Paul did so much stuff with like De La Soul. And oh, nice. He did an album called the the Dino Five, and he had um, Charlie Tuna from mm-hmm. uh, Jurassic Five. He had Ladybug from Digable Planets, oh, and nice. so Charlie Tuna has a song on there where mm-hmm. he says, "I may be big and scary, but I'm really pretty nice." And so <laughs> I just thought, like, one day I want to I want to incorporate that into a, a full song, right? And, uh, and then this was the day. That's awesome. Well, speaking of that, do you have sort of like a cheat notepad, like sort of like comedians do with little jokes of like just lyrics or something you notice that you might want to use in the future so you don't forget? Huh, that's a good question. Um, I don't really, but you know what? In my notepad, in my on my phone, right? Um, if you scroll through, there'll be like different lines here and there. Okay. So they'll be like, oh, here's a line from from a song that you know that never came out. Right. Like the, the the words that was like a really cool idea that I just never used, mm. and so yes, I guess I do have that. It's kind of like a like a comedian trick or whatever, right? But it's just because these are things that just weren't used, you know. Like I had them, ah. but I didn't get a chance to use them, and, and so like I'm walking down the street and I get a really funny idea for a line. Sure. So you just write it down, right? And uh, and then maybe you use it later. Maybe you don't use it for five years, you know? Exactly. There's some times where, and when I used to write in uh, notepads, mm-hmm. I used to, um, like in the margin, I would uh, just write little words okay. over in the left margin, far over right. different words that rhymed and things. And I'd oh. be like, I'll fit this in somewhere one day, you know? So, oh, yeah, that. I think you got to you gotta find a place to jot down those ideas. Like, it's, it amazes me that there are people who can make music without writing things mm. down. Because for me, man, I, I forget so much stuff. That's me. That you know, I need to write it down. And so, thank goodness for the notepads. And the uh, only reason I started typing my lyrics is because I, I signed with a label that was in Japan. Okay. And um, and they wanted lyrics. They were like, "We oh. need all of your transcribed lyrics wow. for our Japanese audience." Okay. And I was like, "All of them? <laughs> oh no!" And they were like, "Yes, all of them." And so Whoa. I had to write all my lyrics down and mm. then they were just like into, well they were already written in a book so I had to type them into an email oh okay and I was and if I would just have already typed them like in a notepad on a, on a phone then I could just email it to myself oh. and I would have it without me having to write so that's from then on I started typing all my lyrics I used to have a sidekick the um, T-Mobile oh. sidekick yes that would flip yep. I love that phone and I was rapping I was doing a song with Reef the Lost Cause shout out to Reef and um, and he wrote in his sidekick, and I was like, "Yo, you don't write on paper?" <laughs> and he was like, "Nah, man, I type it." And he was just like, "Typing his rhyme," <laughs> and I was like, "That's so cool!" And so I started doing it too. <laughs> there you go. And how about this? Are you more creative during some sort of like a lot of people find that they wake like when they're dreaming, they wake up. That's when they're like creative. Like you know what I mean? Or do you like you said you're just walking about and you need to like. You're a visual guy. Like, what's your creative process, sort of? Wow, it's been, it's such a mix for me. Okay. Like, it really depends. Like, I never know where inspiration's going to come. Like, something could come to me in the shower. Oh. And, like, okay. I'll have to sure. jump out and be like, I got to write that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, that happens to me a lot. Or when I'm sleeping, something happens. I wake up and I right. get an idea and I'm like, oh, got to grab my phone, got to write it down. You know, so, um, I kind of use that as the bar to let people know, like, if you think you want a career in music or content creation in any way or podcasting, 
these like you should constantly be thinking about how to get better. And I think new ideas should constantly come to you, mm-hmm. whether you're sleeping, whether you're working, whether you're driving, whether you're in the shower, like new ideas should be coming to you constantly. And that's how you know that this is something you need to make a bigger part of your life. You know, mm-hmm. like that's a good I've, point. I've told people that all the time, like if you go to sleep thinking about the thing and you wake up thinking about the thing, then that's the thing you need to be doing. You know? There you go. That's the way I look at it. I think you need to be totally obsessed. I mean, you know, this is a grind. Like creating pocket, man. Even locking me down and, and scheduling has been up <laughs> has been an adventure. So we know, like, you must, you have to really love this. You know, you have to really love what you do to chase it. You know, and so that's something that I can't stress enough. Where you gotta love it, and if you don't love it, then you, you shouldn't you shouldn't do it. Don't spend too much time on it, you know? Actually, that's a good point that you bring up. You have to be obsessed because people who don't do it or who don't have that there's anything wrong, the creative aspect or an artist mind, don't understand the obsession behind like something that you created, that you love, that you put together, that you like, you know, you know what I mean? Because until you yeah. just said it there, I didn't think it in that words because it's true. I am ob- obsessed because I have my, I think, 352 week streak going with an episode every week without missing. And that's my obsession. I do not want that to ever end until I, I guess, until I die or I stop podcasting one or the other, whatever comes first. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I do not want to ever miss an episode no matter what. And you get better by wanting more. And like, uh, it sounds a bit greedy and sort of selfish, but it's not because how can you grow if you don't want more? Like, you can't stay stagnant, right? You got to break through the glass ceiling going into wrestling terms, right? (laughs) Yeah, you gotta break the glass ceiling. No, that's true. You have to be obsessive. I was I read about that somewhere, like and people used to say, like, oh no, you know, maybe it's not healthy to obsess over anything. But I don't know. I think that's how you get better at things. I mean, Michael Jordan obsessed over basketball, you know. There like, you go. You can't yeah, you can't say that it sh- you shouldn't be. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think that, that passion will will translate into you doing a good job, you know. And that's that's when you become a master at your craft, I think, is when you're obsessed with being better. Yep, for sure. Okay, now, my favorite track of the album. We'll end it off this, and then we'll touch on some other stuff here quickly. Recess, number three. So catchy, so fun. Like, who doesn't like Recess, and who can never relate going back to school and that being the best part of being in school? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this was just fantastic. And again, it's early on. Like, it's in, it's the third track. So again, like how you said, you grow up with it. Like, you know, and... Great track, my friend. Love it. Thank you so much. That's my jam. Recess is definitely was was one that probably was like the most challenging one to make on this project. Oh, okay. Uh, just just because you know it's it's so many different instruments involved. It wasn't just making a beat and then rapping on it. Right. You know, this was a live drummer, live keyboards, live bass player, live uh, horns. You know, mm-hmm. and then three, four singers. You know, so. Wow. It was not easy. So I think that we, uh, that's what makes it, you know, they say the pressure makes the diamond, you know? So it's like, <laughs> right. to me, working the hardest on it, it makes me, makes it my favorite, you know, because we really put in a lot of time and it was something I hadn't done before, like moving into a new genre, doing mm-hmm. like ska. And, uh, you know, it was such a fun record. And, uh, yeah, that's my jam. 
I no, still, I play it Latin, and people people really enjoy it. Right, it is, and it has that sort of Latin Mexican vibe to it because, like how you said, like the horns and stuff. So it's so upbeat, and again, the lyrics like, who wouldn't like this track, adult or kid? Like th- this is a track I'm putting it out there now that should go viral and it should be on everyone's playlist and whatever because it should be the next. What is it? Uh, the shark song. You should know because you're a father. What's that? Uh, the Baby Shark. Baby Shark. This should take over Baby Shark, my friend. Let, let's let's start the ca- campaign. Recess over Baby Shark. I don't Shark. know how. <laughs> Alright. I mean, I don't know how to do that. Um, but we're going to do it. That's the, the, We're going to start the campaign to remove Baby Shark and add in Recess. All right. right? So we're gonna, anytime you hear Baby Shark, you have to make them stop playing that <laughs> and then put on Recess. That's, that's all you got to do. Oh my god And for us Recess was different Than what kids now have Recess Like we grew up On the playgrounds Like playing stuff Playing sports Having Playing games Not having phones Or electronics Or whatnot, Or even staying indoors As some kids Probably do Like I, It's just hard for me To fathom how Different life would be Without all these gadgets Do you think Now that we lived in both Because obviously Our generation had both Do you think it's better Or is it worse As a child To have all these gadgets Hmm I don't know. It, it, I can't say better or worse, but it's just very different. And uh, it's going to lead to a lot of adjustments. So I know as a parent, you can't parent the same way our parents did. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, that's what it is. It's like you can't use the same methods because things have changed. So and kids will continue to change and, you know, and grow and find different things interesting. You know, I love to look at like Christmas time. There's mm. always like um, they show like here was the number one most popular toy. In 1989, I love those. Be like Cabbage Patch doll, right? And then, like today, the number one Christmas gift, Call of Duty. You know, it's like a completely different world. You know, know. so it's like you know, it kind of is what it is. But, but yes, I enjoyed when we played with toys and used our imagination and things like that. But you know, these kids are picking up skills now that we we didn't. Some, I mean, I'm in my 40s, and some of these skills I didn't get until now. Like the fact that my kid knows to like swipe. On a, on a screen that's so crazy like it's so it's so wild like yep. if he's looking at my phone and watching a cartoon and then I get a text he's like swiping the text <laughs> away like yeah get that out of here you he know and I'm just wow. like how does he know this like I would my mom doesn't even understand that you know it's like right. so it's very different and uh so it's weird in a sense but it's not something that like it's bad you know it's just it just makes us continue to change our methods, you know, like any, any good teacher, you know, knows to adjust. Any good coach knows you adjust the playbook. Mm, good point. You know what I'm so, so yeah, I think it, it makes you, it just makes you get better on your toes. You know, you just can't use the same, can't run the same playbook you've been running 20 years. What well, my infamous line is don't be a lazy parent. That's all. And everything will be fine. <laughs> That's real. It's very tempting though. You know, when it's like, Oh, I could let this kid veg out in front of the, TV mm. and they'll literally just sit there and not move and you're like oh man well now I got them quiet you know so now it's like uh oh or I can get them up we can go work out we can go play we can go learn things together and, right? and experience life you know so it is easy to get caught in that trap because you're like oh peace and quiet you know <laughs> I know it's so true we gotta look at the bigger picture too because you'll be able to do all that stuff once they're older and it's probably more fun because they understand it and it's more competition that way after so save yeah, save the electronics so. for later on, man. <laughs> yeah, use them later. Like we we try to, I try my best to go a few days without letting them watch TV and things like that. Okay, and get on there you go. 
you know, because it's super important. We say that for the weekend. So if you get a little more time on the weekend, you can do some playing on a device. But outside of that, I try not to do that. Well, speaking of playing on devices and video games, my friend, another big stellar year, not only in music, but in video games. Again, going out of your lane, as they say. How, how many games? You were like in Mortal Kombat, WrestleQuest. Were you in uh, the Shredder's Revenge DLC as well? Did you have a new track on that or no? No, there's no new track in the DLC, okay. but the old track is still there. There you go. I'm um, still the ending theme on that. We did the ending theme on Mortal Kombat 1. Um, I have a song and I'm a NPC character in WrestleQuest. Um, and then there's a few other things that I'm working on that I can't even talk about yet. So Crazy. it's been a really big year. Um, Street Fighter, we did something oh, for, uh, right. for EVO, big EVO tournament. Mm-hmm. We did the Street Fighter control song, and that was huge. Um, that's run by Sony. It's a real big deal. Um, of course. Oh gosh, there's been so much stuff, you know. A lot of these were things that have been in the works for a long time mm. that just started to come together, you know, like okay. start to come to the public. Sure. You know, I wasn't trying to... You know, necessarily keep them secret. It's just a lot of times it's like, man, you're working on something and you can almost forget about it. And then it's like, oh, here it is. You know, like, and then it was like almost a bit of a, like a, almost a conflict of interest, but just like a weird time because it's like, here comes Mortal Kombat while I'm pushing a children's album. So it's like, ah, (laughs) and same time, there's heads getting ripped off and stuff over here. And I'm talking about friendship and bullying and stuff so right. uh you know it's it's that's one of the problems of being so well-rounded you know is that sometimes those things can kind of cross up each other you know no it's so true but again that's up to the parent like i hate when parents make the artists be i guess the bar- the barometer for what they need to watch or what to listen to it's like you know what the artist has to bring you know what it is or if you don't do the research so then you could be the filter right yeah that's the way I look at it. You do the research, be the builder. No, for sure. And the other one you're involved in is the wild card football. I'm a huge football fan. Go Eagles. I'm a huge Eagles fan. I don't know if you remember or not. So hey, let's go Eagles. I do remember that. Perfect. So how did you get involved with this game? And for people who don't know, is this sort of like a blitz sort of game? Yes, it's very much the, the style of blitz, arcade okay. style stuff and it's real fun, you know. Um, real players, uh, not real teams, but real players. So you build your own team. Oh, which is real cool. That's even better. Yeah. So you can be like, all right, here's Team Jalen Hurts. So Hurts is your quarterback, and right. then you go and pick the rest of his teammates. Ah. So it feels like, you know, it's like schoolyard. You know, you you come on the court, you're like, all right, I want him, I want him, okay. Right. And then you get together. Man, like I've been playing against the computer, and it's so difficult. Like because you start off like really bad, right? And then you got to earn points to get good. So you're like trash for a long time and uh it is disappointing because it's like man why is Jalen hurt so bad in this game <laughs> but you realize that you have to build their stats up so like mm. colin kaepernick's on it so i like to use him sure. um so yeah but you have to any player is only as good as you can make them so you play more with them to earn more like attributes but it's super fun and and this is by 2k sports correct uh no it's by playgrounds oh. who did a lot of the uh the, the 2K Playgrounds games. Oh, okay, yeah. Because uh, I was, yes, was going to yes, ask if it had that same field as the NBA Playgrounds, because I played that, and it's not NBA Jam. It's, I, I don't know even how to say I guess it's NBA Jam meets, I guess, if NBA Jam was real, but it was still two-on-two, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, it's interesting. 
It's different, yeah. Maybe a little more like NBA Street than NBA Jam. If you remember uh, yeah, Street. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, they got to bring that, like that back. That's what they got to bring one back. One thing I'm into, and I'm, I'm glad they don't do that on this one, is what oh. I don't like about the Playgrounds games is any move where, like, you can get, like, 10 points on one basket right. is just unfair. Like, I just of can't course. stand that. It's like, I know. okay, you threw a triple, quadruple alley <laughs> Now you get seven points instead of two. And I'm like, wait, come on, man. Like, that part I can't deal with. Like, I'm glad they don't have, like, a football play where you can score, like, 20 points on one play or something Okay, crazy. good, good. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, it's made by Sabre. Shout out to Sabre. They did a real good job. We wrote a nice, really fun song for them. Nice. And uh, they got, they, man, it's, it's going to be a full version of that song coming out. Um, I think they got, like, Colin Kaepernick to do some, like, vocal what? stuff on it, too. There you go. So that's really exciting. Oh, that's nice to hear. Well, keeping on the kids' theme, one game I've been playing, and I know you've been playing because you've been posting about it, is Super Mario Wonder. This game, okay, I sort of had the same feeling as you did where I didn't really, not to say I didn't enjoy it, but it took me a while to get into it. Yeah, me too. I was like, oh, there's nothing really new about this. Like, I played a lot of Mario Maker. Oh, okay. I felt like Mario Maker is about as top as you know it comes to when it comes to like side scroll mm. uh platforming it's it's about as perfect as you can get okay so anything they don't have you can create it you know you can make it so i feel like it can't get any better than that and so once i got into playing this one i was like mm, a couple of the suits are cool they're cute <laughs> but it did feel as innovative you know i was okay. just like this feels like more of the same and um but now that I've really started playing through, I got one one world left, and it's starting okay. to get kind of challenging, like really challenging. Okay, okay. Um, now I'm like, all right, I like this. But at its best, a lot of the levels are created in the style of Mario Maker. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you play a lot Good of point. Mario Maker, you're like, eh, it's very similar. Right. You know, but it's not bad. Like, but I just don't. I don't think it's the most original uh, Super Mario. You know what I mean? Like, sure. that's just my opinion. I think you can't lose with Mario. Those games are always great. Of course. But this isn't my favorite Mario, you know. But I still love it, if that makes sense. No, that's right. How about this? Is it one of your favorite newer versions of Mario? Because everyone's always going to go back to either Mario 3 or Super Mario World as their favorite, I I would assume. Because those are my two favorite. I just, it depends on the day which one is my favorite, honestly, to tell you the truth. But, like, the newer versions, mine would be the one that came out for the Wii originally. That one, I think, was fantastic. Maybe because I haven't played a new Mario in so long, and then it brought me back again into Mario. But this one sort of holds up, and the multiplayer part, when you play with more people, I love because they took out the collision, which was the whole thing that broke up families playing all the old Marios. Yeah, for real. Right? Yeah. Oh... My goodness. Oh, man. I love that it's, it's multiplayer. Um, I haven't done any yet with it, but I like that you can play four players and all just run on the same level at the same time. Like, that's cool. You can help each other. You can, like, if somebody dies, you can bring them back to life. You yep. can finish the level. Exactly. Um, so they, they got some cool ideas for sure. Like, that part is the innovative portion, I think. It's like, imagine being able to play Super Mario 1 with three other people all running on the same level. Oh. Like, that would be kind of cool. Right. So... This, this, that gives you that that but you know super mario world is still my jam that's probably still the greatest mario experience but um i love it but right now we're in a really like a renaissance of video games because right there's some spectacular games out right now like spider-man 2 is so good 
Um, there's that. There's man. Zelda came out this year. There's there's so much good stuff. There's a ton. It's so true. Everyone that I talk to from the video game industry that's been on this past few, just a couple of months. It's like every. It seemed like every week a game of the year candidate came out, and it, it's it seems like first world problems where it's like I have too many games to play and review. How can I get all these out? Like you know what I mean? And how are you going to distinguish which is going to be the game of the year? This I think this in all of the history of video games, this must be the toughest year to pull out the game of the year. Like how how I can't even think about it. I don't even know what you would do to pick game of the year. There's so many. <laughs> Well, last year was, um, what was it? Was it Elden Ring last year? Most likely, I would think so. Elden Ring, God of War, I don't know. But Oh, yeah, God of War um, came out last year too, you're right. Yeah, it was it was Elden Ring last year, and I think it beat out God of War. And then after that was, I don't know, or maybe that was 22. That wasn't even 20. That was Okay, so that was 22. 22, And yeah. God of War also came out in 22 mm. and was the runner-up. There you go. Um, so... I think when Spider-Man came out, somebody said that the first Spider-Man did not get Game of the Year mm-hmm. um, and that they typically don't give sequels Games of the Year. Oh, It's always kind of like an original franchise okay, kind of thing. Okay, okay. So, but I don't know if that's true because I think Last of Us won one too, right? Or was know. it Part 1 that won? Ah. Uh, right, see? Yeah, I don't know. I never know. Like, so some one of my friends was trying to figure it out. He's like, based on their like the way they do things, like if part one gets it, part two is not gonna get it. You know, or something like that. Gotcha. So I think um Spider Man two or Baldur's Gate. But then again, Zelda is so good. So That's what a lot of people I don't say. Know. I don't know. Like I said, there's a ton and then for the Xbox owners you got Starfield, right? Now now, should that be a criteria? If you're not available on all consoles, should you not be voted for Game of the Year? Because how fair is that? Hmm? Oh, it's fair. I mean, <laughs> come on. That's totally fair. Halo was, was winning Game uh, of the okay. Year. Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. You know? Uncharted back um, in the day as well. Uncharted. If the game is good, look at Zelda. It's only on Nintendo. That's true, too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, that's, you can't hold it to that. Um, it would be cool if, you know... If there, if it had to be on on each system, but I don't think that's fair. I think that if the game's great, then the game's great. Like Nintendo games aren't going to pop up on other systems, but they if they're great, they should be game of the year. Um, okay, so I just looked. It was Elden Ring. It, right. was, it takes two. Oh. Last of Us Part Two. Oh, uh, Sekiro was twenty nineteen. Oh, wow. and God of War was twenty eighteen. Ah, so but so my friend says because God of War one won it. God of War 2 wasn't going to get it. Uh, so he thinks that that has something to do with it. Like they won't give the same franchise game of the year, you know. I because guess it's like you're sense. just coasting off what you created. So if that's the case, 2017 was Zelda. So oh. that means the new Zelda will not win. Will not win. Oh, I see. Same, you know what I mean? It's right. the same game. Like it's a great game, but it's it's almost the same game. Right. That does so, make sense. I don't know. If that means anything, then it's probably Baldur's Gate or Spider-Man. Mm, there you go. How about remakes? Do you think something like Resident Evil 4, that came out this year, should be Oh, man, game I of the started year. playing that. It's really good. See? That's what I mean. I, but does I that count? It. as? Should it be counted as game of the it, year? Uh, right? Uh, that's tough. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's tough. I don't, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think it should win. I don't think a, game, a remake should win game of the okay. year. Okay. 
I think they should have a category for best remake or something like that. Ah, good point. Yeah, because now they're yeah. all on the rage, right? At this point, I mean, there's new Metal Gear. There's all these yeah. other ones. It's like I think a new uh, a category for best re-release or something like that. I think would be good. Yeah, that's true. The one I'm waiting for, Super Mario RPG. That to me is probably my second favorite Mario game of all time. Like that just, and especially when it came out when I was deep into Final Fantasy three at the time. But now it's relabeled as six on the SNES. Oh, any of those turn-based or JRPGs back in the day, I loved. And to be in a Mario world and so different with new characters too, and to have Bowser on your side, mind blown as a kid. Yeah, that's great. That's right. So good. <laughs> Excellent. I can't wait to see what they do with this. Hopefully, again, a little bit of rumors are out. I don't know if you heard, but they're literally keeping it. All they did was update everything, obviously. But, like, all the little glitches, apparently, and some sort of stuff are still there. So you get the full experience from the original. So I think they're doing, like, a little bit of both. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, for the people who knew the Easter eggs from, like, the original, they'll still be there if you want to look for them sort of thing, right? Okay. That's cool. That game was amazing. And I I discovered that game late. Like, oh. it was, I was way after the fact. Um, oh, no. I streamed it. It was like five years ago. I think that's the first time I beat it. Really? Yeah, I, I was very new to that game. Wow. Because like, that was, I think that was like the end of the Super Nintendo. And uh, and yeah. those games were getting really expensive. And people were trying to move on to, to PlayStation and other stuff. True. And, um, and yeah, I did. I never, I never had it when it first came out. And, uh, and then I played it later. And I was like. This is amazing. Like, Gino, that's my dude. Like, right? I love Gino. So I'm so excited about this game. And, like, I'm really shocked. Like, of all the remakes, I did not think this was going to happen. Me like, neither. I don't know. We just kept thinking because of, like, Square being involved with a Nintendo product that this was never going to happen again. So it's a very pleasant surprise. Like, I'm super excited about this. See, do you think, speaking of Rare, because the first one was GoldenEye that we never thought we were going to see re-released. Do you think... They should have got the updated treatment and not just re-release it to be able to play currently online. Yes, they should have uh, gave that a little more love. Yeah, there's so many, so many games like that though where they deserved a lot more love than they got. Um, I thought the, the, the Mario 64, you know, when they Thank put you. that back out. Yes, I. I I'm one of those guys. I didn't like that game, honestly. So, oh, thank you. You know what? I, I then you're the first lot. guest I've had on because every That's time. Like my hottest take. Oh. I, no, me too. Because every time I have a guest on and I bring, I I'm like, like that's the only Mario that I've played that I've never beaten first off. And I hate it because of the damn controls and the camera. It's nearly impossible to beat awful. that last Bowser. Like, get out of here with that. Yeah, the, the camera's horrible. Like, right? I can't play that game. So, Good. when you have a chance one. to fix that, you, you, you don't do it? Like, that's just lazy. Like, you know that this game needed some work. And they just put it out the exact same way. Like, that was very lazy. So... I'm not a big fan of that game. I remember the first time I tried to play it, like in a Toys R Us, it was on one of those little yes, displays. Same here. And I, and I grabbed the <laughs> controller and I was like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I was like, where do I go? Like, I don't know what to do. You know, yeah. like it was just not fun to me. And um, I think maybe because of, you know, but people, people love to point out how that game created 3D platforming. Mm. And it did. Like if, if Nintendo wasn't that daring, we would still be doing 2D side to side platforming games. That's true. You know, they were daring to make a 3D platforming game. But now that 3D platforming has come so far, like, you could make this game better. Yep. You could make this game playable. <laughs> you know, it, it, the controls are awful. So 
you know, it's like other games have taken what Mario 64 did and made it better. So it's time to embrace that, you know. And uh, for, for them to put the same game out just felt so lazy. No, it's so true. And now thinking back, a lot of these th- first 3D games that everyone reveres and think that are so great, that's just emotional attachment. Go back and try and play those games. Like, this is another hot take. Like, Grand Theft Auto 3. Yeah, right. That's almost nearly unplayable. Go try and beat that game nowadays. Like, you know what I mean? So bad. Jeez, but yeah, it's again, it's it broke open the open world genre, like you know what I mean. And if it wasn't for that game, who knows how would that open world genre be, sort of thing, right? So it, it does take it takes a game to break through the mold, but it takes other games to kind of perfect that stuff, you know. So, True. so as much as the respect we owe to the originator, like you know, we're not all still rapping like the Sugar Hill Gang, you know. So, <laughs> Good point. You know, like rap rap evolved yeah. you know yeah. so we're not like uh, 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 and i'm talking on the podcast now <laughs> my main man speedy you know That's so hilarious. we don't do that you can you can clip that and use that as your new intro music if you want oh, there you um, go. Nice. <laughs> um but yeah like it's evolved so you know as much as we want to give we should also we should always give reverence and respect to how it began but also acknowledging that it takes that to evolve the art form, you know, just like video games have evolved. See, and that's what I love about the video game genre, the people who follow video games and the people who play video games. It's sort of like this group is different from everything else. Like hip-hop, you still have the old head saying, nope, this is what real hip-hop is. This new stuff is garbage. Same thing with wrestling. Oh, this is how you're supposed to take a bump, not the way you do this so-and-so nowadays like these young guys do. But video games, everyone's always wanted to evolve and always wanted... No one ever sat there and be like, oh, I wanted to go back to the Atari days with one button. Those were the good old days. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no one no one says that. <laughs> That's what I love about video games. Like, you evolve with it. And I think every other genre should look at video games for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, that's a, that's a really good point because literally it's everything else where we want things to be yes. back the way they are but no one wants it we don't want to go back to pac-man you know <laughs> exactly put a new quote on it or something and then try and sell it to us but other than that no it's so true who wants to go back to that yeah for sure it's so funny how okay before we end it, my friend every time i have you on we always run out of time i make sure to save a little space because i want to talk about this before we wrap it up i still can't believe you were a contestant on the price is right when it was Bob Barker, rest in peace. Yes, yes. My I didn't get the chance to get up and get, hug him or high five him. But uh, no, no, this was no, it wasn't Bob Barker. Was no, it was Drew Carey? Oh, was it Drew but, Carey? Um, I thought it was Bob Barker. It was Drew Carey. Oh, but, okay. Um, the uh, who's the guy who called out the names? I forget that guy, but oh, he, he's God. still there. So um, no, it was Drew Carey. But yeah, man, I went. I went there for my mom's birthday, okay. and it was just an amazing time. And um, you can kind of see how this stuff goes. It's a TV. It's a TV production, so, right? So they want people to be excited. They want people to be interested and of having course. fun. And those are the people they pick. So ah. I made sure to be as high energy <laughs> as from the start. Right. I was running. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, just the awesome. whole way. Yeah. And almost every time I would maybe say something or answer a question that they were giving me, they would make some notes in their little oh their little notepad. Yeah, yeah. And I was like maybe maybe they're gonna call me you know and then they would between each like commercial break they were like all right guys remember you gotta be excited for us right. to call you like if 
even if we had an idea of who we were going to call and then we see you kind of slump down in your chair and you're yawning and you're not happy to be here, you're not going to get called up. Of course. So you got to keep that high energy. So everybody's <laughs> like, ah! you know, and I was the very last call down. Oh, the last one. So I only had one chance to guess. Okay. You know, so yeah. I got up there yeah. and I took like five minutes to get there. I was high five. He loves it. It was so good. And then, I, but I only had one chance to guess and I didn't get it. So, right. you know, but, and then I found out that once you get on the prices, right, you can't come back for like, 20 years really even if you don't yeah. win even if you don't win that's ridiculous uh, they, they give you like a hundred bucks for your time like if you get on they give you oh like okay bucks. so at least it's something but um but yeah and then you have to sign something saying you can't come back for 20 what? years <laughs> that's yeah. crazy come on okay i gotta know did you bust any wrestling poses walking down the aisle as if it was your entrance <laughs> Oh, you know, it, it caught me by surprise, man. Like, I really, really? would have. I would have done something. What would I would have done? I don't know right? if I would have. Maybe done, a, like, a, a Randy Orton, just, like, a pose in the, in the aisle. I don't know what I would have done Oh, you know what? Had time. How about this? If it was today, I would want you to do the Garcia dance on the way down. <laughs> yes, I would. I would right? Do that. I would <laughs> yeah, I would do the Garcia dance. That would be <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's good. Just, just, yeah, do the Garcia did. <laughs> yeah, I'm just so hyped, man. I was just high-fiving people. And That's when awesome. I watched the video, they, yeah. they cut me short because I literally was there for like five minutes high-fiving. <laughs> and they showed like 12 seconds of it and was like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Do you remember what you, you bid on? It was like a stereo set. No, I like a stereo set or some sort of like... I don't know. It was, some, it was music too. That's what made me. Oh so mad. come it like on! It was like a record collection <laughs> and like a, a, a vinyl play. I don't know something like that. But I had to. I had to bid first, you know. So that's, that's the thing. Worst spot. When you first come down, you bid first, and I think I like overshot it by a little bit. So yeah, you know, you're nervous. You first come down there, like there's no chance. So it's so rare. That you could be the first one and get up there. I should have said one dollar. That's what I should have said. <laughs> right off the bat, one dollar. Right off the bat, one dollar. <laughs> like, uh, okay. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's hilarious. Any other game shows that you you would want to go on in the future, or that's or oh. say you could wave a magic wand that we because when we were kids, there was all kinds of game shows. If you could be on any one of those, which one would you pick? How about that? Oh, it's just Jeopardy. Jeopardy is my my jam. Oh, and okay. Celebrity Jeopardy. It's kind of easy. Me and my wife watch Jeopardy every night, but I don't want hard Jeopardy. I need sure. like easy Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> no Family Feud? That's a huge one that a lot of people love. Uh, you know, Family Feud would be fun. I would do that. I would. Yeah, I would do Family Feud. That would be fun. I don't know, man. I would. I think we. Would, I would really get mad at my family. Like you know, you mess something up, and I'm like, oh, come on. You know. So just bring in ringers. They won't know. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good point <laughs> you could just totally just do it yourself like think about it i don't think they're asking like proof of uh if they're family related or something like you know what i mean <laughs> um yeah, that's a good point i don't think they ask i mean maybe they will but yeah how do you prove it i could say this is my second cousin my third cousin exactly I bring you on say you're my cousin is that or just say someone's adopted somewhere down the line and that's it <laughs> i mean that's a good point wow right i didn't think about that you don't have. You can just bring all your smart friends. Exactly, <laughs> right? That's a really 
good point. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Mega Ren, thank you so much for coming aboard again, my friend. It's been a blast as always. Plug whatever you want, whatever you want to promote, socials, projects, floor's all yours, my friend. Oh, man. Well, I just want to say, if you haven't got, gotten the Buddy's Magic Toy Box album, go get that. It is everywhere you stream music. Uh, vinyl is coming very soon as well. Um, it is, we're in a good, we're a good place right now. I think that I feel really good about the music I'm creating and the way things are moving. So uh, hop on the train now because there's tons of music to catch up on. Uh, in the Mega Ran discography. So, um, you know, we're getting close to WrestleMania season. So I'll, mm. I'll be back on my wrestling kick real soon, I'm sure. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, just keep listening out for, for Mega Ran because I'll be out there. And for myself, you could find me on Instagram and X under Finger Styles, or you could follow the podcast on X, the podcast app. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com. Please rewind to the top of the show, support those fine sponsors, because if it helps them out, most definitely helps me out. And most importantly, please rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. <clears throat> all right, one last question before I let you go. You just talked about wrestling, WrestleMania season. We didn't barely even talk to wrestling throughout this whole show. So I got to know one thing then. Since we are towards the end of the year, what has been your favorite pay-per-view match of 2023? Wow. Well, this one just uh, snuck in there on me. Okay. But uh, I have to say Osprey and Speedball. Me too. From uh, Impact yes. is match of the year for me. Yep. Like, that was incredible. Right? I was not expecting that. <laughs> and it really blew me away. So I am. Uh, that's my match of the year. I hadn't watched a lot of Speedball. You know, and I oh, always okay. heard he was great. Yes. But I was like, okay, let me check him out. And then uh, once I did, I was like, oh, snap. Like, I'm a believer. So mm-hmm. I love everything this guy does now. And uh, so I am, I can't be any bigger of a fan. So I think that's my that's my match of the year uh, this year, for sure. No, and I do so myself agree. That, that's, that came out of nowhere as well when I started seeing people post it. And if people want, please go back, listen to an episode. Speedball has been on the show as well, so you can listen to all that fun stuff. And I've always tried to keep up with his career, obviously. And obviously, he's a fellow Canadian too. But when people are posting, I'm like, okay, I got to watch this. If him and Osprey, you just can't miss. And yeah, it did not miss. It was whew, probably on the same level as the crazy three-way that Impact have or TNA now to be the best match of all time for TNA, right? Maybe. Maybe. I yeah, think so. That's, that's, did they get five star? Was it was it one hundred? Yeah, it was sure? five or or five and a half, something like that. But yeah, it was five star for sure. Yeah. They gave a five. Yeah, that was incredible. So good. So good. It's so true. Someone said it was like it was like eating trail mix. You know, like and I love trail mix because like yes. you know you know what you're gonna get, sorta. Yeah. yeah. But like you just you have no idea like it, it'll but it's still very satisfying you know it's like you, you you know it's gonna be what you expect but it's gonna be very satisfying and that's what that was it was just they over delivered man exactly on that note he's Megaran. i'm steve this is the podcast peace, peace.